What is up guys and girls, welcome to episode number 128 of the Nonsense Review. I am your host as always, Devin, and joining me equally as always is Rick. Hello everybody. And today it's not just the Nonsense Review, we're on episode 2 of Let's Get Down to Disney. Today we're watching The Emperor's New Groove, a movie I've watched but Rick hasn't. Yeah, uh, part of the idea of this month was to catch up on things that one or either of us have not seen. And this is one that's basically a big old gift to me because this is during the time where I wasn't watching Disney movies. So yeah, it's a really good opportunity for me specifically, and it's a good movie. So uh, let's see how much of it I get to see that I haven't already seen as a meme. <laughs> it's one of those where a lot of people shit on this film because it it, it really, you kind of described it perfectly where it, it seemed to come out when a lot of like kids were getting going through that phase where I'm not a kid no more, I don't watch stupid Disney movies. From our generation I should say, obviously every generation's got their own fucking issues, but <laughs> Yeah, our generation had their hormones at this time. Well, more your end of the generation, I was eight. Sure. <laughs> That's why you got to see it, I guess. I didn't see that. Uh, uh, funny enough, I didn't see a lot of Disney films in the cinema. Again, a lot of mine... I, I watched this film way after the fact. Not because I wasn't into Disney, but because my family couldn't afford to go to the cinema. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I saw it way later, and this thing had uh, both a sequel in Emperor's New Groove 2, Kronk's New Groove, and it also had a TV show. Yeah, yeah, it did. Which isn't all that unique. A lot of, uh, of these old uh, Disney movies had um, spin-off cartoons. I, I've constantly said I want a lot of them to go on Disney Plus so I can watch them. So you had, um, it was Emperor's New School. Uh, you had Aladdin, you had Hercules, you had Little Mermaid, etc, etc. Lilo and Stitch. That one was actually really good. <laughs> Yeah, so um, the second Lilo, well, second Lilo and Stitch movie was obviously a pilot for the series, and by the time we got it, the uh, the fans were clamouring out for more Lilo and Stitch. Uh, what was it? Um, Experiment 625 was uh, lazy and only wanted to make sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, has all powers of 626, but is lazy coward. <laughs> Yeah. And we actually get to see him in the cartoon at one point use his powers because his ability to make sandwiches was robbed from him and he was annoyed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can't remember if it was a third movie or if it felt like a movie because it was like a three-part string, but there was like another quote-unquote Lilo and Stitch movie where there was another 626, but this one was a girl. Oh, 624. That yeah. was like one of the normal episodes and she just became like a, a semi-regular. Um, both 625 and Stitch both really loved her. I don't remember her being a regular character on the show. I remember it being a finale arc, but okay. Okay. She cropped up more than once, which is more than you can say for a lot of the experiments where you have an episode with that experiment, you find the place where it belongs, and that's it. Her power was she could control any of the experiments that came before her, but not 625 and Stitch. But she, but, but she could. She basically could, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she could without using her power just be, just because of the fact that she was a female version of them and they thought she was hot. But yes, uh, we're doing we're doing Empress New Groove today. But those of you familiar with the podcast know we don't actually jump straight into the review. We like to talk about weeks and the goings on in the worldwide universe. So with that in mind, Rick, how's your week been, buddy? Well, Baldur's Gate 3 came out last week, but uh, we basically had no chance to react to it properly. Um, it's now come to light that it's near universal acclaim. Uh, the main criticism has been from a tweet saying that this is an outlier and don't expect the, this kind of quality from studios with a hundred times the manpower and ten thousand times the budget uh, because they have a quarter of the time and none of the passion. And it's been liked by a bunch of AAA studios, including um, Insomniac and Bioware, which uh, yeah, yeah, it's sour grapes. It's, it's 
It's the same thing that happened with Elden Ring. You got these AAA studios like criticizing a game that's really good and people really like, saying, "How can we possibly hope to match this quality?" The same way that everyone matches quality, and that is take your time. Yeah, create quality. Oh yeah, my uh, my namesake is in it. Uh, people who know me as a person know that one of my uh, handles is the Astarian, and there is a guy in it called Astarian. He is a uh, a vampire spawn elf. Yeah, it was actually on my podcast notes as the one thing that bothered me this week because I keep seeing a star in everywhere and it's annoying. Yep. <laughs> I got someone like who didn't know about Baldur's Gate 3 asked me, what did you do? <laughs> so seeing me trending on Twitter. <laughs> but it's not me. Um, but I did put out a tweet saying that anybody who sees this game and wants to go back on Larian Studios' other uh, achievements and their past back catalogue, I hope they go back as far as Dragon Commander because that was the game they did before the original Sin games and Dragon Commander is something special all on its own. It's a real-time strategy for some part um, empire building with a bit of visual novel for when you're out on, out on the uh, in your hub world and sometimes when you're bored of real-time strategy you can turn it into a, a rails shooter as you take control of the dragon commander and just shoot things on the strategy map <laughs> but yeah that's enough about Lorian studios for now nathan w pile you may know this guy for, from his comics that get keep, keep getting posted on imago he's uh his comic um strange planet has now become a tv show it's on apple tv and dan Harmon is his um mentor producer i don't think that comic's gonna translate well into tv but hey ho best of luck to him yeah because it works really well as a comic because you can just kind of take your time and process what these little aliens are actually talking about like oh star damage i crave the star damage it, they're just talking about getting a suntan i i feel like it's one of those cartoons that would be like put it as a 10 second buffer before and after an ad break for another show yes i don't think it honestly depends how they do it like um again i don't want to slag the guy off because i uh, i did i wasn't familiar with the title of the cartoon but i was like oh i think it's the aliens that are basically taking the piss out of human behavior yeah (laughs) and they do such do so with such um clinical language and yeah. it's, it's never it's never the way that you expect it to be put but when you think about it for a second yeah this is exactly what humans do yeah I, I yeah it depends how it's done i'm i'm sure they'll take all the care with it and like i said i hope it succeeds but at, at just hearing the information that we've currently got i'm like that doesn't sound like it would be a particularly fun watch mm-hmm. uh but yeah it's on apple tv again just like you i hope it succeeds wish them all the best um uh, i caught up on some more cartoons yeah you said you binged a bunch of isekai shit didn't you yeah yeah i binged a bunch of isekai shit uh I finished uh, the Rayliana show, which was last season. I started the uh, Sacrificial Princess and the King of Beasts, which started last season. It spilled over into this. And I caught up on something that's not really an isekai, the Ghost of Molly McGee. I'm currently up to date on that now. Oh, fuck me. I'm so far behind. <laughs> I'm up to Hanukkah from season one. <laughs> oh, man. that's Yeah, that's mid-season. That's when they stopped in season one. Yeah, I know, because I thought that was the end. <laughs> and then you said, by the way, there's one day you messaged me saying, there's more Molly McGee, and I went, ah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, like, it wasn't even season two back then, it was just the other half of season one. We didn't know that it wasn't finished, we thought that was just the end. Uh, but on a sad note, Johnny Hardwick, who is the voice of Dale Gribble from King of the Hill, he was in 259 episodes, that, which is, you know, a hell of a run, uh, has passed away at the age of 64. Damn, that's... Uh, I, d- I don't know about you, Rick, I know if you're a certain youthful vigour, you probably think that 64, wow, that's pretty old, but as, like, we're not quite middle age, we're, we're in our 30s, but, mm-hmm. you know, 64 is no fucking age to go, really. Especially 
obviously seems to keep stretching retirement age further and further beyond that. Well, that's got nothing to do with uh, healthy human beings. That's capitalist greed, and you know it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Don't forget, that's uh, our fault for not making enough new babies to replace us when we die. And I'm not joking. Yes, yes, yes. In my day, 65 was the age that men could retire and 60 was for women. Um, so, yeah, passing away at 64 is uh, it, it's no age, even by, like, 25, 30 years ago standards. Uh, but yeah, that's enough about me and my week. How have you been, and what have you seen out in the wide, wide world? Yeah, like I, I, I said before the podcast, I ain't really done much. I've, I'm, I'm near the end of FF16. I know I am because I've gotten the quote-unquote final side quest dump, and I will share my thoughts on Final Fantasy 16 when it's actually finished. I got a, a video fed from me, fed to me from FF16, which was a specific fight. And they put the Shrek 2 version of uh, holding up for a hero over it, and it just fits so well. <laughs> Fair enough. I've been pre- preparing for the finale of Storm King's Thunder. Yes. Uh, it's my D&D game that I've been running for Rick and a few other people. Um, for Ever since I, I looked at the final boss fight, I was like, I don't see how... I think the party's going to struggle against this no matter what. I have now mm. literally given... <laughs> carte blanche um, permission for my for my party of players to just get a few magical items nothing too game breaking and um yeah so no uh, no um, robe of the archmage eye for everyone I mean I'm hesitant to give you anything Rick because you like to fuck around with rules um, oh yeah I, I specifically chose not to get the cloak of displacement because that's bullshit I also would have told you no <laughs> <laughs> anyone else can have it just not me with my uh, on demand infinite AC no I also probably would have said no to other players I, I, I've told players that if they they want a rare or higher item, I need to vet it. Yep, yep, yep. But yeah, it's one of those where I'm literally giving the party more of an advantage than the book says I should. So therefore, when the end boss inevitably kills all of you, I'm not going to feel bad about it. Yep. <laughs> Last time we ran it, the DM buffed the final boss, and uh, I got downed on a reaction, and then immediately they took their action and stomped me out. Stomped me out. So uh, yeah, I didn't even get to make any death saves. That's uh, well, the final boss is uh, the reason why I'm saying a final the final boss instead of the boss's name is just on the off chance. A few of the players listen to this. I don't think they will. Um, but yeah, nah, uh, nah. that final nah. boss is clever. He, the, the, the final boss will just murk you if it has the opportunity to. Yeah, isn't it great when monsters have a reason to know the rules? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've got a little bit of news, Rick, but it's not quite frankly groundbreaking. Okay. Uh, Europe was on fire uh, literally a week ago, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, now Hawaii is on fire, specifically the island of uh, of Maui. And um, yeah, there's pictures everywhere on the internet. You can't not look. And there is no exaggeration to say it straight up looks like an apocalypse has occurred. Yeah, there's like one whole village, the entire thing, the entire village is gone with at least 50 recorded dead. Uh, I wasn't going to bring this up, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's real rough. It's uh, it's not looking good, and it's one of those where I hope that America pulls their finger out and gives Hawaii the aid that it needs. But absolutely, I'm not going to hold my breath. No, no. Rick, this is not a wrestling podcast. Okie dokie, let's go. You remember Big E? I've spoken to about him a few times. I believe so. Uh, he's been advised, allegedly, by pretty much every medical professional he's spoken to, to never wrestle again. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I uh, I hope he does the right thing. I'm I'm also in the camp of, yes, uh, wrestlers are notorious for always wanting to wrestle, because it's usually their passion in life. Uh, mm. I hope Big E takes this advice and lives the best life he can, because he is genuinely just a lovely human being, and uh, I want... I wish for him the best. Ditto. The downside is, outside of The Rock, there's not a lot of stories of wrestlers doing things outside of wrestling. Oh, there's loads of stories. It's just you're not a wrestling fan, so you don't look at them. Okay, yeah, fair enough. We're watching The Emperor's New Groove today. Yeah, we are. So, if you'd like to join along with us at home, three, 
two, one, and go. So we're in a bit of a weird place with The Emperor's New Groove because a lot of these um, Disney shows and Disney movies are usually based on something pre-existing. And yes, as far as I'm aware, The Emperor's New Groove is meant to be loosely based on The Emperor's New Clothes, but the plot has fucking nothing to do with that. Yeah, so it's it's the furthest thing away from the thing that it's based on. They carry this forward a bit with the uh, the princess and the frog. Okay. I think this is the first time I ever heard David Spade speak, by the way. Because even though David Spade's okay. pretty big for being like on SNL in the 70s, I wasn't around for those, nor am I American. Ditto. <laughs> it is actually adorable. A little bit. <laughs> Until he started uh, crying. That was a good way to spoil a perfectly good human being, by the way. Yeah, just shower them with gifts, yeah. Every time something goes wrong, just immediately fix it on their behalf. Don't give them chance to process loss or um, hardship. That being said, maybe imposing loss and hardship on a literal baby is a bit extreme. Uh, it's not so much imposing and more a case of letting them deal with it. Yeah, but as a baby. I don't know, you can fix the toy for them, dude. <laughs> yeah, you can fix the toy, but give them, like, the moments without the toy while you fix it. <laughs> Rubber stamp of kiss. I don't blame him. I don't want to kiss babies. No, have, you, have, you, have you seen a baby? Nine times out of ten, they're gross. Mm, mm. So important to note, when I was watching this the first time, I assumed this was Aztec. It's actually Incan. Sure. So that's why there's no uh, blood and gore everywhere. <laughs> We're being a bit quiet right now, but we have just got a song to endure. Yeah, yeah, we've got to... I mean, the song isn't really giving as much information that we've not already been Sussed. told. Yeah. I love how calm and <laughs> polite the hole. big fuck-off guard was about it, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm sure I've heard this. that voice before as well. Oh, possibly. Oh, was this during the craze of the river dance, per chance? I guess so. I remember there was definitely a time period where everyone was taking the piss out of the river dance. Yeah. And those guys didn't even have shoes on. 
Specifically, Michael Flatley's version. Sure. Imagine being brought in front of someone like literally human cattle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And just being told, yikes, yikes, yikes. Oh, good old John Goodman. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, he didn't get splattered. It is a Disney movie, Rick. Mm hmm. Fun- funny enough, I think the guards are going to have a harder time chucking Parcher. Yes. Yeah, he's built like one of them. Yeah. I believe it's implied in this movie that Kronk is actually Yzma's toy boy. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That, yep. that that's the line that makes me think that he's uh he's a toy boy. So she's constantly mm-hmm. changing model. <laughs> yep, yep. I do love Kronk. He, he, he makes for some good memes. Yeah, it's also Patrick Warburton. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's literally how the ruling yeah. class still acts. Yeah, yeah. Buy more money. <laughs> you should have thought about being poor before you chose to become poor. Power of hatred. Kronk is actually adorable. He is. I notice how the thing she's writing on is pink, aka a pink yep. slip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs> 
Gronk is actually puppy. indestructible. Mm-hmm. Literally the DBZ joke in the background, uh, the abridged joke off. I'm okay. I was going to say, look how steep those steps are on the left. Yeah, impossible to climb for any normal person. That is very picturesque. It is. So you don't it's also know. a cute little model for him to have, to have built. Like, I'm pretty sure they want to demol. He wants to demolish the village, doesn't he? It doesn't want to demolish that entire village. Oh, there we are. That's the meme. Some fucker had to build this for him. Yep. It's funny how he has to destroy the whole town for one building. Yeah. Like even on the model, he's only destroyed the top bu- the top uh, house. Yeah. I think a lot of people overlook the fact that Cusco is legitimately a villain at the beginning of this film. Oh, totally, yeah. The the only reason you're meant to enjoy his antics is because he's been, like, you know, he's the protagonist, he's been voiced by the protagonist. I'm actually blown away because come to think of it Yzma has so many costume changes in this movie Mm. I mean, she, uh, she she used to be the advisor. She's probably, like, the third richest person in the Empire. I think she's actually the richest. I think she's been embezzling for a long time. Yep. Can you tell what's going to happen? Yep, there we go. I do love it. Look, it's so simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pull the lever. Wrong lever! <laughs> and just, every time you come back, why do we even have that lever? Yeah. <laughs> good old Disney ride, which they've not actually made yet. 
Speaking of Disney rides and movies, they're um, I don't know if it's a movie or if it's a TV show, but they're doing a haunted mansion thing. Yes, it's a movie. Ah. Um, I think it's got Danny DeVito in it. I'll take your word for it. I saw a trailer for it lasting five seconds because I clicked skip immediately. <laughs> sure. Um, I might be thinking of a different Haunted Mansion movie that also has Danny DeVito in it, but uh, but yeah, there's meant to be a Haunted Mansion movie with Danny, De- Danny DeVito in it. Yeah, sure. I love that. To save myself on postage, not the fact that her plan was completely batshit insane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love how Kronk's lab cap also has the little antenna on it. (laughs) Here we go. What's the, the old meme is just like when you need uh, when you need five hundred words for your essay, so you you pad every sentence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Literally through gritted teeth. Yeah, funny enough, I think Cusco can't read social cues. Nope. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Kronk hasn't really got his head in the game. Nope. Well, to be fair to him, he's never murdered anyone before. That we know of. Can you tell the problem? Yep. Yeah, just poison them all. I don't understand why they puff again. <laughs> Me either. Oh well. It might be a, a reaction when uh, encountering bronze or something. Pretty sure it's gold, but yeah. <laughs> so if you've ever seen Stone Cold Steve Austin drink beer at the end of the match you'll notice that he pretty much drinks beer the same way Kronk just did <laughs> In that, uh, down the side of his face onto his chest <laughs> it goes on his chin but yeah, you watch him dr- pound down two beers and about three sig- sips go into his mouth <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha 
<laughs> I will say this is uh, this transformation sequence is uh, is nicely animated. It is. I'm sure it'll awaken something in someone. Oh, okay. I wasn't where I, was. I just meant it was animated smoothly, but sure. <laughs> it helps that Cusco already looked rather llama-like before he got turned into a llama. Almost as if it was probably part of his yep. character design. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> He's doing his best to flirt with his uh, <laughs> his toy mama. <laughs> so here's a tidbit I learned today. Um, Patrick mm -hmm. Robertson hummed this theme tune just in the recording studio. It, it wasn't in the script, and um, <laughs> and, and Disney it immediately just so to be recording. Yeah, and Disney <laughs> immediately made him sign a raver signing over the rights to the song so they could put it in the movie, which tells you how evil Disney is. Yep. But yeah. It's a very funny bit, and I'm glad it made it into the movie. But imagine being like some dude humming a tune for lols. We own that mm -hmm, now. Mm -hmm. You signed a piece of paper. Oh, his little lip. We're going to get Angel and Devil Crunk. <laughs> Can't say sissy no more. Nope. It's a shittily built harp. Did you see the way the strings were done on it? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> like a letter N of strings. So, did you, uh, did you get that meme? Yeah, no, no, he's got a point. Yeah. yeah did you think it was over something so stupid? No. <laughs> so Kronk is uh, is a simple, innocent soul and doesn't realise that dumping him off the edge of the world is actually what Yzma wanted. And yes, I will see Yzma instead of Yzma. <laughs> Yazmat. Apparently that's a reference to a movie that I've never seen. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Cusco po posting his own uh, Where is Poochie moment. Time to start a peasant revolt. Hmm. <laughs> that is a fucking disgusting looking cat foreshadowing for the next movie well, he's spent the entire time as a cat okay 
Man, I know we brought up the Emperor's New School earlier, but like that show's premise makes no sense. Because Yeezman's the principal, yeah. but yeah, uh, Cusco already knows Parcher and Co. So, yeah, it makes no sense. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's meant to be an AU, because apparently he's meant to, you know, learn enough of being a decent guy in the New School timeline that he becomes a decent guy. Which can't happen in the main timeline. Yeah, because that's just the end of the film. Hmm. <laughs> Kronk's New Groove is one of those weird films they did where uh, it wasn't even a film, it was free, very long cartoons made into a film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I believe I've seen the Kronk's New Groove in segments. Yeah, because that's how the film is. Yeah. But like I've only seen it from like the halfway point, the first time, and then the second time I watched the the, the uh, opening as well. Yeah. Doesn't count if it's hair. <laughs> hey, if hair doesn't count, then Marge Simpson is an eight foot six. She's not. Just like fucking Vegeta's <laughs> only four foot. Yeah. <laughs> So here's something else I learned. Uh, apparently, Char Char is the first ever depiction of a pregnant woman in a Disney film. Huh. Or okay. rather, a Disney animated film. I don't know if it's Disney film full stop, but yeah. Fair dues. Also, I definitely wasn't old enough to get a chubby from a MILF, but man, Char Char's got some MILF vibes. <laughs> she's basically Chi Chi, but in. Uh, well, she's got most of the same letters. I meant appearance rise, but yeah, you're you're not wrong. That's a good that's a good way to get rid of kids. <laughs> the kids have gotten rid of rid of, and you're just like, cool. Now I'm gonna have hot animalistic sex. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fail to make a fifth because the third one's already on the way. It's a bit more than common courtesy, but yeah, I get your point. <laughs> mm-hmm. So these guys just happen to be llama farmers, by the way. Fair enough. The house is actually pretty luxurious for uh, for peasants. I'm pretty sure because Parcher's the one that got summoned, he is basically like the representative for the village, so therefore that's why he's at the top of the mountain. Yeah, like, like the village alderman who's actually got the most llamas. Man, oh, also, this film breaks the fourth wall a fucking lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, it's such a child. I love it. Mm-hmm, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's some uncanny valley shit. Seeing a fucking llama walk on, uh, run on two feet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So his his clothes are now part of his fur collar pat- patination. Yeah, I suppose they are. Because Kronk didn't strip him. Well, actually, I think he might have done. I might have done, yeah. Because when he uh, when he was in the uh, uh, transformation phase, he still had the robes on him. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I think that is the most rational reaction you'd have to being turned into some sort of animal. Yeah, it's just um, complete panic. Have you seen that video of that gorilla walking around like a human? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's both. Like sometimes I watch that video and I'm like, "That's funny," and other times I'm like. It's kind of really, really weird to see. Because he's it not because he's a gorilla and bulky. He walks like one of them fucking fat lads you see around the pub all the time. Yes. <laughs> Although it does always make me think of um, the time that Matt was walking around in his jacket and he was just walk throwing his arms like like, like Vince McMahon. I I can't say I recall that incident. <laughs> I it lives rent free in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Shakes his ass. <laughs> this is the Yeah. This is the smartest move Parcher could have made. Mm-hmm. Seriously, this motherfucker should have been disposed deposed ages ago. Yeah. I think this is one of those situations where the reason that he can't be deposed is the um the peasants having numbers doesn't really count because he's seen the number of guards he has. Hmm. It's also a make believe world. Yeah, sure. We got we got this incident happening again where both Kronk and Putcher are just fundamentally good people, making them incapable of doing evil acts. Yep. It is kind of wholesome how you've got these characters who would benefit so much from doing evil at any given moment, and they're choosing to do the right thing. Yeah, because Parcher is literally just, I can't let a, 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 a... He's a dick, but I can't let him get murdered. And with mm-hmm. Kronk, I think Kronk is a bit more, uh, like, he's too stupid to be evil. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's why he makes a um, a good protagonist in the second movie. Yeah. But the scariest thing about jungles and basically wildlife in general isn't the things you can see, it's the things you can't see. Yes. If you ever see, like, I think the the fact that I always find the most alarming is if you ever see a mountain lion in the wild, 
which you're not likely to do in the UK, but in the States, it's a very real possibility. Uh, the reality of the situation is that mountain lion saw you 10 minutes ago. Oh, yes. <laughs> and you know how a lot of people uh, claim that they have a sixth sense and they can feel when someone's looking at them? Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality is the human biology has this really amazing thing where you it, chances are you probably spotted something looking at you in your peripheral vision. Your brain couldn't fully process it. And that's what your sixth sense is, but, yeah. But you know something's looking at you because you did see it. It's just your brain subconsciously um, has tucked it away. Yep, totally, totally. And, like, our our brains are um, trained to look for eyes. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you'll, um, you'll have the memory of being looked at. Oh! See, 31-year-old me is watching this movie rooting for the Panthers. Yeah, totally. Have you been eaten by panthers? Not yet. Like, it really bothers me where it's like you're... Um, <laughs> sorry, that's just the deadpan delivery of that is great. Um, yeah. <laughs> Complaining about rescues you don't like. Yeah, yeah, but it's like you got rescued from the immediate situation. It's like, yeah, the rescue's not over yet, but we're getting there, buddy. Shut the fuck up. Man, it's been ages since I've been on a log flume. I kind of miss it. Yeah. That's another meme. Yep, there we go. Yeah. It's a great scene. He was dangerously close to doing the goofy yell. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't even do the goofy yell, but it's like, Yahoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo! That sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that wasn't even it. That just sounded like a demented laughter, Rick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think Tom's got the best um, demented yells. Yeah, but that's from a sound bank. True. Like the... Uh, the the Tom yell is uh, it's much like the Wilhelm scream in that I believe it was just a singer doing a note. I think I could be wrong. I think it was actually one of the producers that did it, but yeah. I've you see I've never understood the fucking reaction to that because if you if you lost I know you're not entirely aware that you've lost consciousness. Yeah, this this explanation is never fucking needed, unless you're like mm. gr- unless you're like groping them at the same time. In which case, yeah, you need to fucking explain yourself. Yeah, if your if your hands are gone down pants, yeah, little shit.
He's already forgotten that he sacked Yzma. <laughs> yep. Oh, fucking dickhead. I'm trying to think of things to talk about, but it's literally just a fucking back and forth. Yeah, like, the back and forth is kind of the most important bit of this movie so far. Yeah, we're like, we already know Cusco's a cunt. Yeah. Somebody's throwing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh, it's such a child way of dealing with anything. It's like when a dog... um looks at the wall because they're like if I can't see you that means you're not there <laughs> yeah and it's uh, and the thing that I did can't possibly have been my fault to his credit Pacha does have a fire to snuggle up to yeah I was going to say but which Cusco could have shared if he wasn't a dick yeah Cronk in black does not look right, does it? I kind of dig it, though. It looks wrong, but I'm digging it. Yeah, the rest of the the rest of the palace doesn't know that Yzma was fired. Well, of course not. How little anyone gives a fuck about Cusco. Yep. And everyone's like, doesn't care if Yzma takes over because Yzma has been f- functionally running the kingdom for eighteen years. Like, they've already got the stone door for it. I like how Kronk's immediately nervous. Yep, yep, yep. Don't often get um, references to the comical proportions of cartoon characters. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, her voice can be actually pretty cute. Oh, she is voiced by Eartha Kitt. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Don't fuck with mama. <laughs> so this is the scene that uh, I zoomed forward to to make sure that uh, it was working. Ah. Oh, some evil-looking bats. Hmm. Bats get a bad rap. I mean, they have rabies in the States. Mm -hmm. They have rabies in Britain. It's the only animal in the country where if you get bitten one, you need a rabies shot. Yeah, because we don't know if they got rabies or not. Yeah. It's one of the softest wools you can get, is alpaca wool. Alpacas are cooler than llamas, because alpacas won't spit at you. Yep. <laughs> Did I, I've, I've, I've brought it up on the podcast about how um, the farm I used to go to college to um, uh, catered to a famous alpaca. I think you did, yeah. Yeah, okay. But you can tell the story again if you like. It's not much of a story. The alpaca was owned by either Ben or Jerry. I generally forget because it's been too long. Uh, of uh, okay. the, of the ice cream company, they had a pet alpaca mm -hmm. which they named after themselves. So it was either called Ben or Jerry, and yeah, we had okay. it on the farm. That that's it. That's the okay. story. <laughs> Fair enough. I remember the t the tale of someone who uh, once saw an alpaca in a field, but didn't know it was an alpaca. Um, its head was down, so it just looked like a sheep. Yeah, it would. And then its head came up, and then its head kept on rising. And there was like, oh my god, this is eldritch horror until finally its head stopped rising and it was just an alpaca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever seen someone get spat on by a llama? It's very funny. No. No. Um, it, I'll tell you why it's funny, because everyone who's I've, ever gotten I've, spat at by a llama has been fucking with it. Yep. <laughs> I think I have, actually. It was on a like a YouTube video at a, at a zoo. And, like, yeah, you can't blame the llama for spitting at people at the zoo, because, you know, it's a zoo. Uh, llama spit is fucking vile, too. It's not like people spit. It's, like, borderline acidic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's like a... I mean, technically, it would be in prison for life if you left him here. It's 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 one thing to, like, write off countless people you don't know. Mm -hmm. But to leave someone who you've actually had personal relations with to die is like a new level of scumbag. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well fucking deserved. Checking he's alright before socking him one. I think everyone has a story, though, where someone they know has gotten severely hurt in a really funny way, and your immediate reaction is, are you okay? And they've gone, yeah. And then you're like, cool. And then you commence pissing yourself laughing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good, so it's okay to laugh, yeah. <sighs> You're getting gladiator vibes here, eh? Yeah. 
Man, that might have been one of my early sexual awakenings was watching like the female gladiators do that. You know that thing where they got a crawl on the uh, on the overhang hooks and then they got to pull someone down by wrapping their legs around them? Yes, 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 yes. Oh. Nightshade. Mmm. What a fucking name. What a fucking legend. Fuck everything, man. Buff, buff, buff women are great. Yeah, they are. <laughs> the problem with this strategy is Cusco is significantly weak compared to Pacha. Yep. And kind of short. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> as long as it's one of them and not both of them. This also isn't going to work because they're based on the cavern, uh, the way the canyon worked. Yeah, it's going to it's going to widen to the point where like neither of them are tall enough to cover both of it. Yeah. This is a ballsy plan, though, isn't it? Mm hmm. That's the real unfortunate fucking reality of the situation is you have to trust me. Yeah. And, like. I mean, it only works with Parcher grabbing the rope. Because, yeah. like, one of the uh, things he could say is, I'm a demonstrably better person than you. <laughs> Okay, I don't blame Cusco for freaking out though. And it No no. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh I forgot that scene existed. <laughs> Scorpiones. Oh this is Oh all, here, you can weaponize awful. the bats. Weaponize the bats, get them to eat the scorpions. They, they can't work fast enough. No. How did that work? Magic, fuck it. Cartoon physics. Oh, you're not wrong. Oh, no. Hey, look, and Cusco immediately returned the favour. Trust is now forged. Don't take the piss now, Cusco. Mm hmm, mm hmm. You know what? Cusco reminds me a bit of Matt in this scene. <laughs> you know, being contrarian to the point of annoyance. Yeah, yeah. I knew there was some non lord in you. No! <laughs> Great. 
Kronk is fucking strong as shit. But he is. He's literally Felicia LeBeau. 99 strength, one in. <laughs> yeah. You're not too smart, but you are fucking strong, though. <laughs> I love the little comic where she looks really, really sad, and then she just, when, uh, when he says you are fucking strong, she just, just goes, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, she's anime as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real cute bird. <laughs> uh, speaking of squirrel and nut, um, you might have heard of um, the Baldur's Gate 3 thing of the guy fucking a bear. Uh, yeah, it cuts away to a squirrel holding a nut and he drops the nut. Okay, I didn't know that and I asked for no spoilers. I would love to be able to talk to animals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You notice that in certain shots, Yusman's got her spine showing. Yeah, okay. Squeaky, squeak, squeaker, squeaking. That's all the squirrel <laughs> language is throughout every single incarnation of it. Like, you can't understand the language any Yizma. Just fuck off, innit? Mm hmm. Patrick Warburton must have had so much fun with this. Yeah. I... <laughs> like, I'll be absolutely honest with you. I um until I watched like one scene from the live action stuff he's done, I didn't know Paul Patrick Warburton looked like every single character he's ever played. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> What uh, what transpired to make them need a no llamas uh, sign? Well, considering there's a bunch of villages with llama farmers, they might like their llama sure. a lot, and they might bring their llama inside the establishment. Sure, sure. Two heartburns. That's a sign to get out the fucking diner. Two heartburns and a deep-fried doorstop. God damn, these things are disgusting if you've never seen them before, Rick. Yeah, they are. They're basically wood lice that can roll up. Yep, there you go. You gotta eat it with a straw! Well, and it gives you heartburn. Hmm. It's just long prawn. No, I don't eat prawns, Rick. Yeah, neither do I, and this is why. 
Well, he... <laughs> oh my, that's a joke I did not catch during my first watch. Weak ankles because he skips leg day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what a great idea. Let's uh, let's criticize the chef. In, in, yeah, insult the chef who's got uh, full. He's got um, full spit access to your food. He <laughs> packs away all of the. <laughs> I like how the Inca have access to fedoras. Yeah, yeah. The the saving grace here is, uh, as we know, Kronk's passion is cooking. It is. Change the ball to a girl is a great way of saying change meat for fish. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty good, actually. Is it? That was a deep fried chameleon, <laughs> was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Parcher face. Yeah. And I don't know why Parcher's hiding, because Yzma and Kronk don't actually know who he is. No. This is a dumb, like, fucking Free Stooges skit right here. Hmm. I remember this joke. Can you tell what he told? No, no. What do no, they do in restaurants saying. in America? Oh, birthdays, yeah. yeah. I like how her cake has got so many candles. <laughs> Specifically not singing happy birthday to you, because it's copyrighted. Well, which, bear in mind, um, a lot of shows used to get around that by just making up random birthday jingles. The reality is that uh, a lot of judges have ruled since, mostly in recent years, that the copyright claim to Happy Birthday to You was always bullshit. Yes. Which is why, like, no normally you get for He's a Jolly Good Fellow. Uh, and here we get Happy, Happy Birthday.
Man, when Cusco gets animated and his hair um, shakes from the back to the front, I thought that was his um, his like Adam's apple flaring up or something when I first saw it as a uh, animation. Oh goodness! You made your fucking gay bed now. Lie in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference that only certain people will get and probably poo-poo me for. <laughs> Good old me fan, we. Hey, man, the, the guy involved in the skit is gay himself, therefore I think it's fair game. Yeah, he's got... Um, he's got the privileges. Yeah. We won't talk about their blackfacing, but... No, let's not. Oh, that being said, though, the fucking... The uh, the Pakistani um, agent in Come Fly With Me was probably one of the funniest characters on the show. They should have just gotten an Asian fella to play him, is all. Sure. This was after Goodness Gracious Me, so they could have gotten, like, any one of the Indian actors from that. Again, it's one of those where it's it's baffling when, you, when you're like, uh, I want to employ someone for this role who... Uh, this character is black. Should we get a black actor or should we get a white actor and black them up? Because the answer's fucking obvious. Unless you're Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder where it's part of the joke. Yes, yes. Uh, you don't get an excuse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like how Yeezman's got a big fucker. I thought uh, Trunk was meant to be a toy boy and yet he's got to sleep in the snow. Then again, it appears that they're protecting the important bit. Yes. <laughs> Oh, he's pitching a tent. I get it now. Oh, I didn't even clock that one. And I made a joke fairly similar. Hmm. Man, speaking of getting actors to play people that match the character, uh, there's a great comedy bit by Jim Jeffries where he needed an actor to play a disabled person and he said he straight up wanted to hire a disabled actor to play the character. And... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, she does look better when Fair she's enough. got something on her head. Um, yes. And he got tricked by about five actors who were putting on a disability. Oh, man. And he was just like, fuck. I, one person hired a person to guide them to this place because they were so disabled, but they weren't actually. They just hired a nurse to make it look more convincing. Uh, whether or not it's true or not, I don't care. It's a funny fucking joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, we kind of miss the "oh yeah, it's all coming together" meme. Yeah, he's even a scrawny runt of a llama, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> rejected by llama society, who can't even hear his quips, or at least can't even understand them. I wouldn't want to eat grass, but a llama's teeth and uh, digestive system is perfectly suited for it. Yep. You're not supposed to eat the fucking dirt, you prick. Yeah, he does. The soil isn't not isn't meant to be part of it.
Listen, I'll be absolutely rude of you. I cannot tell you how therapeutic it is bitching about your problems at animals. Yeah, because they're not going to tell anyone. Yeah. And they just sort of look at you like, why have you stopped petting me? Pet me while you talk. <laughs> Those two are basically the Statler and Waldorf of the Emperor's New School show. Sure. I like how Char Char's not believing her bullshit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Her voice sounds very familiar, Cha-Cha, but I couldn't tell you who it was. Yeah. Like, I know she's evil and distracting, but, like, imagine making a fucking uh, pregnant woman do manual labour. Yeah. How the fuck does Yeezma look so fucking decrepit and old when she can do that shit? Hmm. I look for Cha-Cha's voice and it's coming with um, Berserker Cha-Cha. <laughs> okay. How? Like, where are the other side of the jump ropes connected to? Uh, the wall. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, that's how we know her. Gone. She's one of our most beloved characters. Gone. Wendy Malik. Gone. Ida. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Fuck me, this is from 23 years ago, so she was actually probably uh, only 50-odd when this came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeezma's got some evil fucking eyes. Especially right now. <laughs> Damn. Get knocked the fuck out. She looks pretty good as a chicken. I was going to say, how does she look sexier like that? (laughs) 
I like how they purposefully do not bully Kronk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because they know he doesn't have a mean bone in his body. Yeah. I love this, by the way. It's, it's a simple trick, but it's a fun little gag. Of just, uh, here's their progress on the map. And <laughs> <laughs> they just accept it. <laughs> Cartoon physics, like you say. Yeah. I was going to say, we know Yee Yzma's a mad scientist, so how's she going to tackle it? Yeah. God fucking hates you. <laughs> she would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for those uh, that meddling Odin. <laughs> I, I would, Odin, nah, more like Zeus. But... Yeah, not Odin, not Odin. Zeus, Zeus. Zeus or Thor? Thor when Zeus went... <laughs> I love the continuality. <laughs> Notice how they're on the opposite sides to Yeezman and Kronk were. Hmm. Important for this joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, part of the joke is that they're all poorly labelled. This is probably a joke you've seen before now. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, there we go. So, do you see the gag there as well, in that they literally fell into a plot hole? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> 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 You're still sh- <laughs> she was still showing you her thigh. Like, even more of her thigh. Oh, I love this joke as well, where, like, this literally happens. Mm. Like, the rest of the crowd crew is just watching as he has this conversation with himself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we saw there was a hole in the middle. Yeah, and she's skinny as fuck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't know why she'd ever give Kronk any job ever, because, again, it's quite clearly she's just fucking him. Yep. So, yeah, she she doesn't actually label her shit. She just puts them on the right place on the shelf, which is a bad way of labelling something in a lab. 
Yeah, totally. Uh, similarly, my grandma always used to um, label the cases for videotapes and not the videotapes themselves. Oh, my family was fuckers for that. Yeah, um, when I was old enough to write, I started uh, helping out with this and making sure that the tapes were labelled. Yeah, good idea. <laughs> Despite the fact that the cows probably got the most uh, muscle on them. Yeah. It looked more like a meat cow than a than a than a bull. Sure. Hey, all these animal transformations make this scene a lot less intimidating than it has to be. Hmm. He's even smaller than Iago. <laughs> hey, at least he's useful for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, at least he's adapted for it. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's used to it. That's just it. That's fucking funny. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the best reaction to something if it's like, that's fucking funny. <laughs> I did like the Phineas and Ferb version of, uh, come on, Specs, do you want to live forever? And the guy just goes, is that an option? <laughs> <laughs> Ha ha ha, looks like a horrible bogey. Man, I will say, I really do like the shadows on the, on this particular scene. Yeah. You already know this twist. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Don't fuck with cats. The cat will win. Usually. Unless you're a right bastard. Yeah, basically, unless you have tricked the cat into the, thinking that there isn't a fight, the cat will win the fight. And also, anyone... <laughs> like how quickly she rolls with it. Um, just a friendly reminder, if you declaw a cat, you're a monster. Yes, this is like take, it's like taking off the finger at the knuckle. Same goes for tail or ear docking on uh, on dogs. Mm. Except with dogs, you're not just mutilating them; you're also taking away a vital form of communication from them. Yeah, there's yeah. A, like there's a reason why with the ears it's like part it. of their senses. Well, yeah, but it, that doesn't affect the hearing. You're just cutting away flesh, but it's still you know mutilation. Um. Uh -huh. The thing with the tail docking is um, the reason why Dobermans and uh, Rottweilers get attacked so often in dog parks is because other dogs can't tell what they're thinking because they can't see their tail. Yep. So they instantly assume they're being aggressive. Mm-hmm. Like, there's only so much you can do with a play bow.
Something, something. Face turn established. And not just for Cusco, but for... Yeah, there's going to be a floor crunk somewhere. <laughs> I mean, he said for the last time, which implies that he said several times that they didn't order it. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking deserved. Look, don't be cruel to animals, yeah, but it. you should punt Yzma Cat. Oh, I don't know. Cats are evil anyway, so you might as well have one. No, 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 you. you shouldn't punt any old cat. No, what I mean is, like, you can get away with not punting Yzma Cat because, you know, she's not that much more evil than a normal cat. <laughs> well, in animation time, 100%. It's one of those where it's a common criticism of, oh, so-and-so just so happened to be doing X, and it's like, yes, because if that didn't happen, the plot doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, the standard criticism is, for, is uh, like, oh, they just so happen to be a millionaire. Well, yes. <laughs> like, the, the plot is that they become a millionaire. Isn't uh, the term for being chucked out a window defenestrated? Yeah, defenestrated, yeah. Uh. Ah, you learned this because uh, the French is fenêtre, and uh, and it has a little uh, circumflex on the E, which sure. means that there's an S missing. Ah. Yeah. Realization is hitting. Yeah, cause it's it's Cusco's way of saying I was wrong and I'm sorry for being wrong, but I can't admit that because I'm better than you. Yep. <laughs> I believe he ends up putting his home like literally on the hill next door with nothing on it. Yeah. Which is a thing he could have done the entire time. <laughs> it's just that he wanted it to be in the best spot. Like, I don't think live action is the end goal for every single product, project, but if they did a live action version of this, I'm just saying, Rami Malek. Yeah. I sees it. Yeah. And Chargers had baby number three. Mm-hmm. Time to work on number four. I think number four's already currently being worked on behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just oh, saying. Oh yes, and this is gone. And this is the plot of the second movie. I don't remember Yuzma turning up in the fucking Kronks film. Uh, I think she's like the the first plot is Yuzma doing stuff as a cat the entire uh, oh. the entire first act. That almost sounds like Discount Elton John. Yeah. It's not. Oh, Sting! Sting! 
I'm so sorry, Sting. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh. My old headmaster went to school with Sting. Oh, fair enough. It's weird how many p- stories you always have from school where your teachers are like, I promise you I'm cool. This is how cool I am. I knew X. Yeah. <laughs> However, because I'm from a certain part of the south of England and pretty close to London, almost every single time when someone wants to try and be cool, it's how they went to school with the craze. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay, good for you. Fucking, who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah now it's uh, good old credits time. It is, so I'm going to continue with my anecdote. Um, <laughs> uh, for those of you not familiar with basically British law, um, <laughs> because you're American or not not familiar, uh, the Cray twins were gangsters in London, and for some reason, everyone from London has a massive boner for them. Yeah, this is something that doesn't happen outside of London, basically. I can't think of anywhere else in any other city in the country where they have a gangster and they're like, yeah, that gangster's our gangster. Except for Birmingham, who have a fake gangster as their idol now. Sure. I'm not wrong. Like... <laughs> what is it, the legend of the Peaky Blinders? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, pretty much, man. I actually did some research after watching season one of Peaky Blinders, because I'm, I'm up to date now, obviously. Because I was like... Huh, the first season of that seemed rather realistic, and I was like, how much of this is based on history? And I googled it, and fucking none of it. Yep. (laughs) Apart from the fact there was a gang that existed for about two years in Birmingham called the Peaky Blinders. Mm -hmm. And they weren't all that. (laughs) Otherwise, they'd still be around. Well... I guess it's, uh, like, one of the casualties of um, modern-day surveillance is that you can't really have gangs like that no more. I don't know. Well, not in... uh... You can have gangs, just not like that. I guess. I I really wouldn't know. Like, crime is not my forte. I'd rather be... I'm literally in in that state of... um, I just want to fucking live and let live. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to dive too much into the seedy underbelly of the world, and in return, I hope they ignore me just as much. Ignore me. I pretty much, man. Who the fuck wants to? Like, unless you, I don't want to get into it. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, no one wants the door kicked down by car thieves. Uh. uh and that's why we have five locks on the front door these days. Well, y- y- you're a bit of a special case because y- you've actually got experience with it, like. <clears throat> Closest yeah, experience yeah. I've ever had to criminality is being offered drugs in college, to which people fucking lie to you when you're a kid. They're like, people will push drugs on you and they won't stop. And it's like, do you know what happened when I got drugs pushed on me? I said, no, thank you. you said, and they went, okay. And they left you alone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things. Like the, the um, They always say, oh yeah, the first hit's free to get you hooked. Like, Whenever you get the first hit for free, it's someone actually being generous and sharing their drugs with you, not trying to deal to you. Yeah, and if you say no, they leave you the fuck alone. Yeah. Because they know you're not cool and you're not down to party. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not... It's one of those where I was never a grass or a dick about it. It's just like, you can do what you want. I just don't want to do it. 
<laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, like, losing control of self is one of the things that I've always had um, a bit of a fear over. Um, like, maybe it's getting a little bit real, but the first time I went on antidepressants, I didn't want to because uh, I was afraid of losing too much of myself. I mean, that's a very real fear. Like, um, I've never been officially diagnosed with depression, only unofficially diagnosed. And I've always just gone, I don't want this to go further because I also don't want things that fuck with my brain chemicals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's one of those where I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, it turned out to be a completely unfounded fear for someone of um, basically low degree of symptoms, not like I was um, like a split personality or anything. When you do have a split personality, that is a very real fear that the medication will kill the wrong one. Okay. This is heavy chat for our Emperor's New Groove uh, podcast. Indeed. Hey, the credits are long. I know, I know. Uh, we've, got, we've got 30 more seconds, 50 more seconds. We've got time to kill. Uh, it's less than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those. It's one of those. Um, man. So that's a lot of logos. It feels like you don't get that many logos at the end of... Oh, you get the CD-ROM from Disney Interactive. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, I remember those. Oh. I once got... Um, I once had an entire shopping centre looking for me because I got lost. Because, but I wasn't lost. I knew exactly where I was. I was in... Ar- not Argos. I was in Woolworths playing the Disney Interactive version of Toy Story 1. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Man, they should have their own fucking video game department, though, Disney. Because their, their third-party shit is always... Well, shit. Yeah, not always, but most of the time, yeah. Like, especially now they got the rights to both Marvel and Star Wars because I believe EA no longer have exclusive rights to the Star Wars, finally but the Marvel games, like, I forget even who even published the last one, but by all accounts, it was shit. Yeah, the big Marvel game that got published was... Uh... Oh, Square, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. The one that tried to make it into a live service game, the, the live service Marvel's Avengers, where you had to pay out, pay through the nose to get Iron Man. I, I, I didn't know about any of that. I just remember it came out, everyone went, oh, this looks shit, and then a bunch of Let's Players played it, and they all went, boy, this is shit. <laughs> yeah, I played the first, like, hour of it, and I'm like, okay. I'm sure Kamala Khan is some people's favourite hero. Uh, however, having to play as Kamala Khan in an Avengers game where there's all of the other Avengers is like a bit of a cock tease, you know? Well, let's compare it to Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2, which is a fun video game, where your opening four team is Captain America, Iron Man, Wolverine, and Spider-Man. Like, I'm just saying. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, partly, A, you have a team, and B, they're all A-listers. Yeah. Some would say triple A-listers. But yeah, the film's over now, so we'll stop talking about Avengers games. Rick, what did you think? It was fun. It was a very fun movie. It didn't take itself too seriously in any part, apart from a bit where they were having serious conversations conversations about why Cusco is being a dick. But yeah, how about you? What do you reckon? Yeah, it's a very fun, light-hearted film. Uh, as you say, there's some heavy parts, uh, mostly evol- involving uh, people telling Cusco, hey, if you keep acting like this, you're going to be alone, and you're going to die alone, because you're a prick. Yep, yep, which um, for a normal person should hit home. For an emperor, you can see why 
why it doesn't hit home immediately. Yeah, yeah. It takes him basically stealth spying on Yzma for the words. Because even though he treated Yzma incredibly horribly and everyone who's not Cusco can see he treated her like he was a dick because he was, he still thought that they were friends for some reason. Yeah, yeah. It's a very baffling and, mindset uh, that only, I suppose, super um, wealthy and influential people. It's basically Elon Musk, isn't it? Like, I surround myself with yes men. Yeah. And it's one of those, like, once he's fired her, I think he's under the impression that because his uh, his estate has paid for her livelihood for so long that she can stand, you know, spending the rest of her life in comfort. I don't think that even remotely comes into mind with him. No, like nothing comes to mind with him. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> but like in a real in a, in a real scenario, yeah, someone like that is set for life. In a real life scenario, advisors don't get let go. No, advisors outlive monarchs in terms of their influence. You know, and they definitely happened in this case because again, Yzma mentions very early on just after she's fired she practically raised Cusco yeah she's been in that position since well before he was born and then you've got Kronk pointing out that hey if Yuzma did a good job maybe Cusco wouldn't have been a dick yeah getting a new Kronker like every 10 or 20 years <laughs> but yeah let's do our usual wind down shall we do you have a standout favourite moment I assume it's going to be a meme it's actually when Kronk was having his conversation with his um, his angel and devil the second time when everyone could see him having it from the outside looking in it's so good especially with like the villain and the hero both just sort of stopping what they're doing to be like what the fuck is going on yeah because <laughs> he's the only one with a knife at that point <laughs> But yeah, how about you? What was your favourite moment? Favourite moment was um, the use of a literal plot hole to advance the plot. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> in, in a similar vein, my backup favourite moment was the um, the map, finding the tracks on the map and following them. Yes, it's, it's a good joke. Yeah, and I think it um, like they all essentially like culminate in the same scene. So yeah, it uh, basically meant that it had a good uh, a good crescendo. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, can't only talk about the good, can we? Let's talk about the bad. Rick, do you have a weakest link for? me i mean it's one of these where it's got to be cusco's attitude but it's also part of the plot so you can't have this amount of plot without cusco being that much of a dick but the fact that he doesn't learn his lesson until like right near the end is um it, it sticks out to me because he had multiple chances to you know learn something that as the viewer and as normal human beings you can see straight away yeah i get you i was gonna add on to your point where it's like yeah they need the plot but like cusco should have had a bit of a u-turn a lot earlier on they they, they mm-hmm. did a really good job of manufacturing reasons why Cusco could never fully trust Patra early on but it's still like quite frustrating as a viewer yeah totally totally uh, but yeah how about you what's your weakest link my weakest link is going to be how this for our generation of viewers aka millennials basically is uh, it's just unfortunate that this hit at a time period where a lot of uh, a lot of the fan base as it were were going ah fuck Disney because you know we're big adults yeah I think it was actually one of the last traditionally animated movies before they just stopped doing them for a long time. I think the next one after this was um, The Princess and the Frog. I think Atlantis is, unless Atlantis is CG, uh, came after this. Okay, okay. And I'm pretty sure that's got if it's not entirely traditional animation I think it's definitely hybrid. Yeah, like um, predominantly traditional. Like Atlantis and Treasure Planet were around the same time, weren't they? Pretty yeah, much. and Treasure Planet was more CG. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Obviously it had um, it had traditionally animated characters, but like the, um, the environments were a lot more CG'd. It was a very weird look at the time and I think that's what hurt the film's popularity because that's a damn good movie but then again Mm. it wants to be a damn good movie it's just Treasure Island but in space (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
But yes, Rick, let's uh, let's put the uh, the crown, the cherry on top, as it were. Who gets your MVP award this time? I think it's got to go to Patcher because he carried the plot more than anyone else. As much as Kronk was extremely funny, you couldn't have Cusco's journey without the man who saved his life on multiple occasions, and that that that, that has to be Patcher. It, it helps as well that Patcher is just such a fundamentally good person without being the lawfully stupid trope. Yes, and even even stupid good is something that um, gets paraded around now and again. Like, he's a lawful good guy, he does the right thing, and it just you can see his soul being attacked by the option of just walking away and getting what he wants. And no one would have blamed him for walking away either. No one would have known he'd walked away. Yeah, A, no one would have known, except for himself. And B, no one would have blamed him if they knew everything. Like, I know we're talking about a fictional person here, but like a true test of character is what you do when no one's looking. Yeah, what are you in the dark? Like, yeah... It's something that we don't see enough like someone actually having their metal tested when there are essentially no stakes whether you do the right thing or not and um, it's one of those things that it's a role model thing that you kind of need to see when you're growing up to get a a feel for why you should do the right thing it's because you see this character that you enjoy and you respect and you've seen their um, all of their characterization and this is just the cherry on top you know yeah the unfortunate reality is is I feel like most kids watching the film will probably again relate more to Cusco than Pacha. I think um, we're bringing oh, yeah. a, a very different i um, a different lens watching this movie because we're not kids; we're thirty-year-old men, and we're watching this and we're watching Pacha and going, "Oh, Pacha's clearly the actual hero of this story." <laughs> yes, <laughs> like as kids, like if you grow up as a spoiled kid, you just identify with Cusco immediately. If you grow up as a a normal kid, you might identify with wanting to have been Cusco. So yeah, I guess that is where they would have been aiming at this but uh, but yeah how about you who is your MVP I'm going to give my MVP award to David Spade because he did an excellent job voice acting just full stop even though it is just his voice but he just pulled off insolent brat so fucking well <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I don't think I've actually seen David Spade do voice acting a lot. I think he voiced the invisible guy in Hotel Transylvania. Okay. But apart from that, I don't think it's something he dips into a lot. Uh, he's still very much a very physical actor. Mm, I've got his thing. He's got... Uh, oh, he has a lot of uh, credits, actually. Yeah, Griffin the Invisible Man in uh, in the Hotel Transylvania movies. He's been working for a long time. <laughs> yes, yes. I think uh, his voice really does bring Cusco to life. Mm, yeah, totally, totally. Just the voice cast in general was pretty top, but it helps in these older animated films where they don't have 700 voice actors mm. but yeah that's that's a gripe for a different podcast I think we're going to put the full stop on today's episode and join us again next week where we are going to watch The Princess and the Frog I believe which is a film Rick's seen and I haven't yes so uh, yeah if you like the video you got the comment section down the below the fuck you YouTube. doing sometimes Rick likes to do this thing where I toss over to him to say something little and then he starts doing the fucking outro like it's his show <laughs> If you like the video, you've got the comment section down below on YouTube, and if you're listening via one of the many audio platforms, you can instead send us an email, which would go to nonsensereviewuk at gmail.com. Once again, that is nonsensereviewuk at gmail.com. See you next week, guys.